Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 90, part B, I guess, right? We are back in our basement studio a day later than we planned, but we were night ju- two. Night two. We were just kind of exhausted after our weekend trip and getting home yesterday, so we kind of just took it easy and decided to push it a day, so we apologize. But we're here on what is this Monday night? Yes. Ready to talk about stuff we didn't get to on part A. So I think which is, I think, like some of the usual stuff. Yeah, we usually hit, we already hit you with some news and rumors, so we're not going to cover that, but we're going to do AEW Dynamite, which we missed. We'll do trivia, which we didn't do. I'll talk about NXT. We didn't get to NXT UK this week, right? But uh, and then I don't think we'll have any other wrestling business because I figure that would be the four nights of pay-per-views that we covered in the first part of episode 90. So hopefully you check right. that out if you haven't already. It's published wherever it's, you're it's listening. WrestleMania your review, right? Not Takeover and um or the Sup- non-takeover and then super, super card of honor. honor yep so roh nxt and wrestlemania were all covered in episode 90a so if you haven't checked that out yet wherever you're listening to this that is also available we'd appreciate you checking that out as well i didn't tell you but the last couple of weeks are well i showed you a couple days but our downloads and listens whatever are doing pretty well the last couple of weeks so thanks if you're yeah it's weird if you're a new listener or if you're returning listeners we welcome all of you but yeah we've picked up a few Got another follower today and been a couple days of a lot of downloads for us. So, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's pro- still probably not that many. But for a father and son just sitting and talking about wrestling for a couple hours, I'm pretty impressed. So thanks to everybody that's been checking us out. If you think we're any good, just tell somebody else would be great. We are not very good at marketing ourselves whatsoever. I don't even think that your mom, my wife, is... She used to be putting stuff on Facebook groups, but I don't know if she's doing that anymore. And that was literally our only publicity other than you and our Instagram, which I don't think is super active. So Yeah, I'm not very good at it. Well, eventually, at some point, you might get better. We'll see. But yeah, so thanks. We uh, really appreciate anyone that's uh, taken time to listen to us. But I don't really have much to say in the way of banter, do you? Because we... Mm, no, I think it's where we already kind of... We bantered in 90. A more extensive one as well. In the first part, we did. We talked about quite a bit. So... I say we get right into talking about wrestling, and again, we're going to skip the news and rumors since we covered that in the previous one, and we'll move right into talking about um, AEW Dynamite. And so we opened with Adam Cole versus Christian Cage, one of my favorites versus one of Christian Cage. So you were 50% excited for this. Uh, who I've wrote in brackets is outwork no one. Outwork no one. Well, he's been sort of like we've talked about it, right? Like pretty invisible Christian Cage that is lately. It's just been kind of what do you call him, Uncle Christian, mm-hmm. with the uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Express. Express. Which is just so weird. He's just kind of there at this point, right? He's like at first I thought okay they brought him in to speak for them because I don't even remember they struggle in that capacity. But he's not he even got with them. I don't either. Was he just sort of randomly? He must have. They had that false Canadian War match, right? That was against the Super Click. I feel like it was just like they were both fighting the elite, and then it was just like he never left. I want to say that's what it was. And he hasn't been contributing anything. He's just kind of standing there as typical they... of Christian. But anyways, tell us about this match. Um, there's some holds and counters early on. Uh, Cage is hitting Cole top the corner, and Cole slips out, super kicks the leg out, and then hits a. Super kick while Cage is in the tree of woe. Um, Cage gets feet up on a dive and he does those crowd count punches. Cage misses a diving headbutt because he learns nothing and takes a super kick and a last shot to the face. 
which automatically makes it not winnable. Well, because he didn't have his two, knee pad down, right? Which I think. is also making it not winnable for some reason. Well, because it wouldn't hurt as much with his knee pad on. I, I think that makes sense. And commentary pointed that out, I'm pretty sure. It makes sense, right? He's got padding on his knee. Yeah, but makes sense I don't to think me. his padding's very thick. Uh, how would you know? Have you... Have you firmly pressed Adam Cole's knee pads before? Yes. I don't think you have. Um, Cole superkicks cage mid-air uh, when he was going for a middle rope diving uppercut for a two count. Um, you could see that coming, but I thought it was cool. It always looks good, I think. Um, I like the way he does the superkicks. They're just better. I don't even know what the difference is, but I, they all do always look good. Certain people, Young Bucks too, right? They always yeah, look good. I don't I know what like the difference is. I think he does it different from the Bucks too, and I still really like the Bucks. So, like, I always love the way um, John Gargano did superkicks. Yep, like, I were definitely like distinctly different from Cole, but I think he also did him really good. Yep. I really like Cole because like he gets him like pretty crisp every time. He does. Thigh slappage. Can't even tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's pretty seamless, yeah. Um Cole misses the last shot, takes a spear for two. Um Cole hooks his leg on the bottom rope to block a kill switch and the ref is uh, breaking him up. He pokes Cage in the eye and hits the last shot to the back of the head with the knee pad pulled down. So it makes all the so difference. He gets the win. And heel tactics the eye poke, right? Which makes sense, I guess, for Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, re redrag and attack Cage until Jack Express make the save. Chase them off. They all leave. Hangman comes out. Cole wants to leave. He's seen some stuff. I didn't catch him. Hangman takes the mic. Says he stole a title. He'll let this match serve as Cole's punishment. He says Rampage is live in Texas next week. Yes, Rampage. Um, and they'll have a Texas death match for the title. So I, we on Rampage. We definitely have to watch Rampage then right. this week, I, I would say. Um, yeah, so I... I don't know. I don't know how you felt, but I thought this started out a little underwhelming. But in hindsight, I think it's probably just because they were pacing themselves. Because I thought the second half of this was way better. Maybe even like the final two thirds, second half might be too harsh. Like the majority of the after the beginning was really good, I thought. So I ended up enjoying it after I was a bit nervous to start. I was just wondering what was going on, but they kicked it into definite higher gear. And I mean, the aftermath is kind of more of the same of what goes on in AEW all the time. I thought the exchange between Cole and Hangman was fine. And I think that will get Rampage some attention, right? They're, I think they're trying to draw some more viewers to that because it's kind of plateaued, I think, in ratings. So that's probably a, a good idea to put, like, we're a perfect example. We'll watch Rampage and we don't always, right? So exactly. Um, I think they do need to be a little bit careful about overusing the Texas Deathmatch stipulation because it feels like they're happening fast and furious, right? Didn't Archer and Paige just have one? Yeah. I mean, they've they've been really entertaining, so I just I'd rather like falls kind of anywhere. I don't. I'd rather like pinfall near falls rather than like you're waiting for them to get up. <laughs> I guess so. In the last minute standing match, but they've been pretty good so far. Um, the match should obviously be really good. I can't imagine Cole and Paige having a bad match, so the stipulation can't hurt. I don't think. Uh. And I, I think Christian just, I don't really care that much, but he does feel kind of directionless at the moment, right? Like, this is his first match in a while, I think. And I don't know, he just, he wrestled a good match here, but what is he really doing story-wise? I don't, I don't know. I don't see anything. I don't, I just don't see a prominent place for him on this roster, especially they keep adding more people and sort of the novelty of Christian Cage and AEW's worn off and... I think he's just going to keep getting pushed down the card sort yeah. of thing as more people come. I don't know. We'll see what they plan. But I, sorry, long story short, I like this match. I thought it was a good opener by the time all said and done. I think it was solid. I wish um Cole outworked Cage more because that would have been funny. Um, On a serious note, I think it under-delivered a bit. I just found I was kind of bored in the first half or like the first decent chunk. Pace picked up a bit. We got some more action. It was better. I think the finish is well done. Cole should have won like 
I don't know, clean or like, I don't know, just like a little more decisive because it's Christian cage. Like, come on. Right. You shouldn't need to cheat. Like, yeah, it was okay, but I just don't think Christian, like, I think his offense, he's just getting kind of basic. And it's just like, he's not really doing anything. He's kind of unnoticeable in AEW. Not really the kind of guy that fits in. He's not serving a purpose. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really need him here anymore, to be honest. Like, He's the he's the providing a quality win for people guy, I guess, at this point. I guess, point, but I, I think Cole could get better quality wins. Yeah. Good quality wins. Um, the aftermath is fine. I guess Hangman's defending another Texas death match. That's fine. It, it should be good. Just not my preferred stipulation. Uh, it just means I have to watch Rampage. And I mean, it's, a sense. it's not one of those times where we say we're going to watch Rampage and then we just don't get around we'll to it. We'll actually watch it. Yeah. Right. I will actually watch this. I think so. Um, there's a recap of the Supercard of Honor main event because Samoa Joe returned. Right. That's because Samoa Joe's taking on Maxwell Caster. Which and, I don't think I covered uh, at the end of when I talked about Owen Supercard. Hart tournament right. qualifier. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I mentioned that Samoa Joe coming back at the end of Supercard of Honor, right? But he did, definitely. Yeah, I sort of forgot about that. I think it's kind of weird that, because like, I understand the women only getting one qualifier week because that's all they get. But I don't know why there wasn't another Owen Hart qualifier on the show for the men tournament. I think they're just dragging it's it out, right? That's probably planning to have it several like weeks say, or months i find qualifiers for tournaments weird because it's just like another round of the tournament i said this before right like I it feel is like it's different qualifying for a multi-man match so it's just like a it's a qualifier match before that match but like with the um but at least it's with the qualifier matches i feel like it's just like a preliminary it's just like basically what I mean is, like, because the qualifier, there's no difference between qualifier and the rest of the tournament, you know No, what I mean? it's just another round. Yeah. But at least it, it puts stakes on a match that otherwise would have none, right? I so that's so, always yeah. a little bit helpful. I mean, it's nothing major, but at least there's something there for Joe and Caster. Yeah, this was basically squash. Um, There's a headbutt rapid jabs by Joe being Caster in the corner. He did that cornerback elbow and Zagiri. Uh, Caster attacked Joe from behind on the outside of, after a distraction from, from Bowens. And eventually Joe gets the win with the muscle buster. Yeah, he um, hit that nicely. After the match, we get a promo from Lethal, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, who are on the Tron. It's just like on the screen there. Uh, Dutt says they won't ruin his moment like he did to them last week, as they are doing so pretty much. Yeah. Um, Lethal says they have a new outlook, and you'll take him and say whatever he wants. He says he's been trying to reach Joe for months, and he only answers to billionaires, apparently. He says or they say they respect Joe way more than he does for them, and Lethal says the student will give his teacher a big gift next week. So it's one of those segments where it's a big gift, something comes out of the box. You think so? I'm almost positive. Um, so I, I, you didn't mention it, but I actually took some notes on Caster's rap when he entered because I thought it was really good this week. Um, there was reference to Joe well, being... Well, this week, how dare you? Well, usually, but this one I really like. Joe being an X-Division guy and not yeah, a main event funny. guy. Um, there was reference to him being in- injury-prone and, and not that was tough. That funny. Um, and there was also reference to Joe being the NXT champion when AEW was beating them in the ratings. So sort of questioning no, why Tony like Khan would sign him for like a few days. Or I was just going to say like a week oh, like or a something. Week. Yeah, yeah, a week or so. But it's still funny. Um, yeah, I mean, the match itself was nothing special. It was just kind of a showcase for Joe, who looked pretty good. I'm, I'm wondering how he looked quite big. And I know Samoa Joe is always a bigger guy, but he looked heavier than he looked usual. Really red. Uh, he was super red, too, right? Like sunburnt or something. Um, Tough for me to see, but once you pointed it out, I could notice it. So it's nice to see him back in the ring. And I think Caster's a good sort of, you know, what do you, I don't want to call him enhancement talent for this because I think he's better than that. But because he comes out ripping them with um, a rap, right, it sort of adds a well, little layer to he's it. He's better, like, when it's the acclaimed. 
Yeah, for sure. So I, I don't know. I, and I like the promo after. I think lethal, I mean, he's pretty much saying, hey, I'm a heel, right? By saying we have a new attitude or whatever it was, which is sort of a way of right. saying that. But I think it's a realistic backstory, right? Is that, you know, he's saying Samoa Joe stopped returning his calls, but apparently he'll return billionaires calls when they want to sign him and hire him. So I think that's a realistic and simple storyline. And I'm actually really liking lethal and Dutt. And I'm not a huge Jay Lethal guy, but I think I'm getting on board with this heel. But Jay you're definitely Lethal. a huge Sanjay Duggar, because who isn't? Well, he was cool in the ring. I didn't remember him being good on the mic or not, but I think he's doing a good job. So I'm, it's, I'm just curious to see how they're going to blend the whole AEW ROH, right? And see how much they're separate rosters and how much they bleed into each I other's shows. I know who Sanjay Dutt is. Like, I know he's from Impact. He's in the next division. When I, yes. But at the same time, I have no idea who he is. Like, I just, like, I know he's from there, but I don't, like, right. he's not really, like, known for anything. So he was, like, the perennial. Now, he may have won the X Division title at some point, but he was the guy that was, like, always involved in those matches. But kind of like the old school version of Trey Miguel before Miguel won it. Like, he's always in the matches, right? He's always somebody in the multi-man or the Ultimate X stuff, but never really wins, but is still pretty awesome. I don't know what his role is in ROH, if he's a producer or a backstage guy, but I kind of like the pairing with uh, Lethal, and I like the, I like their heel work so far. So I, I thought this was for what it was, right? It did its job, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was good. I think Joe killed Caster as he should have. It worked. Uh, he got in some of that signature offense, which what we needed to see, and that worked too. Caster didn't really do much. He didn't need to. The rap was good. I like that. It was. Qualifier is just a formality, but it gets Joe's foot in the door before the tournament, I guess. Yep. Again, it's just another round of the tournament, so it just, like, why not just make it in the tournament, no, I, I guess? like. I guess they could call it. It doesn't really make any difference, right? You can call it that if you want to, I guess, yeah. but it's the same thing, yeah. Uh, the Dutt lethal thing was fine. I guess I don't really care for it. I thought it was fine. Uh, it's obvious something comes as a gift. It's a classic trope, I yeah. feel like. I don't know. If it's not that, then what's the point? They might do something more creative, though. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, next we get Blackpool Combat Club interview. Mox and uh, Danson and Regal are interviewed. Um, Danson basically it was just that they both have matches on Rampage. Danson's facing Trent Beretta, mm-hmm. and Mox is facing Yuta. Um, they talked about that a bit. Brian didn't speak, but then Regal talked about how they were impressed by Yuta. So like he he impressed. Um, he impressed Regal. He impressed Danielson. So now he has to impress the hardest one to impress, which is Mox. Right. So. And he bled a lot, I saw. So that's I know, cool. I'm going to go back and watch that maybe tonight, yeah. actually, when I don't have anything to do. So, yeah, we could. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think any Regal promo is going to be bad. And it's kind of interesting because I, there's AEW seems to have like a list of guys in that category, right? That we're just like, we're going to love their promo pretty much no matter what. Like Eddie Kingston, I'm going to love. Moxley, pretty much. I'm going to love Danielson at this point. Um, so... I can't say that's the same about any WWE shows, right? Like, there's nobody whose promo I'd be like, stop what I'm doing, turn it up, and listen. Um, so I feel like they're almost already leaving a trail of breadcrumbs for Moxley to leave this group because Danielson gets all of the praise, right? Like, even from the very first promo, he goes on and on about how amazing Danielson is, and then he's basically like, yeah, and I worked with Moxley too, is pretty and much what like it is. And then he's like just saying he's like a really violent guy. Like, he's like still praising him, but it's definitely like... Now that you mentioned, I do agree. Like, maybe it's not like getting. It'll probably be a while until happens. Yes, like, but definitely like, I think he's praising both. But like, it's definitely like seems like more to Danielson and more like personal and specific yes, towards Danielson. Definitely, I agree. Right, like I feel and like Mox. This... It's like he's not being like he's not dismissing Mox. He's not like being mean to right. Mox, but he's just being like more generally. He's got like less to say about Mox. Right and for like. 
whether he means to or not like it just it definitely is that way and even in this promo he referred to danielson as the perfect wrestler right so where does that i leave? feel like he's has before too and where does that leave moxley in comparison then you know what i mean right so, it and may like, be nothing but aew does this sometimes where yeah, they just little it, it hints. might be one of those for sure and it might just be like just because rigo has more history with them but regardless that could yes like that could lead to something. something in mox right? exactly it could, that could like reignite that feud eventually and then maybe like but i i hope that i kind of hope that doesn't happen because i think there's a lot of potential in the faction so me I too think, like, I- I'm okay with it happening, but like months down the road, you know what I mean? Like, let's get yeah, a bunch of yeah, this yeah, that that too faction. Yeah, for I, a while. I want stuff something out of this faction before anything like because it could be like nine changes. months from now. Moxley's like, you always, you know, you you're always favoring Danielson. I'm tired of hearing about he's the perfect wrestler and blah blah blah. We can well, who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like the promo for sure. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, I thought it was a cool promo from these three straight forward. Um, that's a couple of matches I'm interested. Uh, Danielson versus Tremperetta and yes. uh, Mox Yuta. That's cool. Regal's great here, I thought, as well. Mox, that's all he had, like, a line at the end that was solid. Uh, next, we get the ultimate battle. You thought Adam Cole versus Adam Page was good? We'll strap in for Sean Spears <laughs> versus Sean Dean. That's, yes, amazing. Five stars. And All the stars. It's not even like we're going S-A-H or S-H-A-W-N versus S-E-A-N. We're going, like, S H A. W N versus S H A W N, so it's the same spelling too. It so. is true. Yeah. So at WWE would never let this happen. Two Shans, yeah. the audience will be confused. How could the fans ever tell them apart? How and how? How do you choose to root for? Because they look the same and exactly. they're the same level of star. Yes. Well, the funny part is they're not. Too. They're not. Neither of them are super important, to be honest. Whoa! But... One of them is a perfect ten, all right? And so... Canadian. So, you know, yeah. he gets a little bit of a leg up in that sense. He does. That support is Support our Canadian brothers. I will support him, yes. Yep. Um, this is essentially a vehicle for a storyline, uh, such as FTR versus Ass Boys. Um, there's some corner chops by Spears, pump handle and neckbreaker onto the knee by Spears, which is kind of cool. It was. He does the classic squash match thing where he lifts him up before the camera right. be like, haha, I'm going to beat you he up regrets more. it. Uh, and camera cuts the back search with security guards having been taken out. Ooh, what happened? And there's just a bicycle there. Oh, yeah, we were joking that Wardlow oh, rode his bicycle to right, the arena. Wardlow, probably. He's pro- oh, wait, maybe he's, um, that, that's them bread coming. He wants to be in Blackpool Combat Club because uh, Brian's a vegan. And, and so oh, it's like environmentally friendly. Environmentally I like friendly. it. Yeah. That's like the tiniest breadcrumb ever. Exactly. So I think, I think that's what's going to happen. So because he's, what's going to happen is, right, so he, he's ditching the pinnacle, right? He's going after mm-hmm. him. And we think that because MJF is starting to accidentally screw over Spears, and FTR that they're gonna ditch him and then they get they're getting all mad but then they're like they're just tricking Wardlow and then, so they turn on Wardlow and so the pinnacle reforms without Wardlow and so Wardlow joins Mox Danielson and Yuta and he got accepted because he's a violent big guy who rides a bike and just the the idea of seeing Wardlow riding a bicycle would be funny <laughs> yeah exactly he's just so massive <laughs> really, yeah, that's it should be about. like a bmx or something that was, that he's cruising in it with i the don't even think low. it was though no, that's it, the it funny wasn't. part it wasn't no it, it would make more sense if it's like a not quite but like an undertaker motorcycle kind of that kind of deal like a like a motorcycle i'm not i'm not picturing Wardlow like no if he's joining brian though the green bicycle if he's joining green daniel bryanson it should be like an e-bike right because it's environmentally yeah, friendly just say daniel bryanson again uh, probably who knows wow i don't even just know. names are hard names you know are hard mean. um spears is freaking out in the ring camera cuts to war they'll take in more guys and he makes his way through the crowd he is once again detained by security guards but sean rolls up sean for the win 
That is to say that Sean Dean beat Sean Spears. Surprise win. Yeah. And then Spears and MJF argue a bit. Spears leaves. MJF follows him. Spears not happy. No. Um, the whole thing was kind of telegraphed, right? Like, it's sort of what I expected. But I have to say, Wardlow attacking all the security guys did look really good. Like, he looked like a beast here throwing these guys all over the place. So I kind of like that. And I like the idea that Wardlow's going to destroy the pinnacle kind of from within right because he's he not that he's in the group but that he's not going straight after mjf he's now creating problems for everybody else right ftr already acknowledged that to mjf saying like you know wardlow's now becoming a problem for us and he shouldn't be right so now he's also becoming a problem for sean spears and that's kind of the way to get to mjf right is that he's attacking all of his buddies and creating a problem for the other members of pinnacle so i kind of like that idea if that is what they're doing and basically that none of these underlings of MJFs can do anything to stop Wardlow, right? He's just too big and powerful. So It's all a ruse. Bicycle Wardlow for Backpool Combat Club. So, so then I think maybe the rest eventually start resenting MJF because they've like activated Wardlow, for lack of a better term. And I, and I think that can work if that's what they're doing. So like this, obviously, this match wasn't anything special. It gets Dean a win on Dynamite, I guess. And I'm sure, I don't know if it's going to lead to a Wardlow-Spears match or something like He's going to have to fight everybody Black to Bull get... Combat Club should, like, have an actual combat club, right? But then Brian kind of starts taking charge and makes it environmentally friendly. So it's, <gasps> like, a nature... It's a combat club in nature. So it's the Blackpool Combat Cleaning Crew. As soon as you said that, I just realized who that they should add to their faction. Mm. And you're going to agree with Marina me. Marina Shafir. Timothy Thatcher. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, like, Bring the thing... Uh, That's the what made thing me think of did. it. Yes. Yeah. What was it called? That just that can or no something. the the type of match that was his oh fight pit right that's what made me think of it oh they could totally do a fight pit the only thing is I don't know if they're allowed to call it fight pit and if they can't call it fight pit I don't really care about I haven't fight heard pit. anything about Thatcher so I don't know where he is but he I know cool. he was like kind of back, backstage a bit I think yeah. he was like in a tryout like or like working with it and then he got I know he got released. Oh, so, I know that too, but yeah. I mean, since then, I don't know where he went. Yeah, I don't know. We, the fact that we only got two fight pits is kind of sad. Yeah, Thatcher's cool. Yeah, I like fight pit. Me too. Um, so it turned out to be exactly what we expected. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't much of a match, just meant uh, to continue this Wardlow storyline. But it was good because it carries on FTR's problem from last week, which is that MJF's issues Wardlow starting to affect the rest of the pinnacle. Right. And the same happened to Spears here, except he actually took a loss here. Like, FTR kind of won in spite of it. Yes. Um, maybe it gets him on board with FTR, at least nudging in that direction, because I think it's more interesting, because he's been MJF's most loyal guy, I think, throughout yep. the whole pinnacle. So now I that feel Wardlow's like out, for sure. I right, think. like, well, even, like, when Wardlow was there, I feel like Wardlow's always kind of, like, he's paid to be there. True. Right? I feel too, like yeah. Spears is always, like, the right-hand You're man, right. like, and he was always the most loyal guy to MJF, so I think that'll be more interesting for the, how, how that pans out, cause just because, like, I feel like FTR, like, they were, like, pinnacle guys, but, like, I feel like they do kind of morals or as i think spears has generally been like mjf's like yeah yeah yeah, his yes man and you're right wardlow has been like showing us for weeks and weeks that he's not really he's always been like really helping mjf but like it's never been like he's like he's never like wanted to be he's a contracted employee spears was like the same but like he was like actually like loyal to mjf if you know what i mean yep that sounds right um next we get a best friends interview chuck says yuda knows they love him but uh they help train him and get him here, and they know he wants to be the best wrestler he can be, but there's no reason he can't do it with them, considering Orange Cassidy is one of them. I don't think that's accurate. Trent Beretta 
says uh, he doesn't love Yuta and he thinks he's a scumbag and a traitor. He mentions what Danson did to Yuta last week and tells Yuta to watch what he does to Danson and maybe take notes. That's funny, Trent. As if, Trent. That is funny, Trent Beretta. So I don't know what it is, but I really like the tension between Trent and Yuta. I don't know. I don't, they think it's really simple. It's just this whole, like, I never really accepted you in this group. And, like, he's feeling vindicated now because it looks like, like Yuta is on his way out. So I don't know why, but I really like it. Um, so I don't know. He's Yuta. I think we talked about it. He's just getting cooler, right? In recent weeks, as he's even flirting with the back Blackpool Combat Club, he's just getting a little bit more personality, and I think he's coming across a lot more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I like this little segment. Um, solid segment. Yeah, I, I was a little iffy on this tension at first because it felt kind of like out of the blue for me in a in a sense. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to, like, I can see both points, which makes me, uh, interesting, because, like, you're just, like, trying to be the best you can be, and, right. like, I think Backpool Combat Club will offer that, but then Trent's, like, I like Trent, because he's, like, he is, like, the best friends, but he's also, like, he's a straight shooter sometimes, yep. like, I feel like he's, like, like, right now, he's just, like, being, like, straightforward with it, right? So I think, like, both of them have points, um, and so it's also interesting how, like, the best friend group is, um, and the rest of Love Yuta and obviously one of the founding members, uh, Trent Beretta, so it's it's just kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, it's also cool to see uh, Yuta, he actually did have the ROH Pure title here. Yes. Um, had it in tow, so I hope he joins Black Bull Combat Club soon, because I it, think it that's would be a good fit. the better direction. Yes, because the Pure division is like, although it's not so much the violent one, it's the more technical one. So, But it's, still, Danielson's there, so. That's true. He is a violent technician, for sure. Yeah, you could be violent as you could find a way. Yep. Um, we are showing a backstage brawl between Kingston, Touch Brown, Powerful, um, and Jazz from earlier tonight. Air quotes. Um, highlights would be uh, Eddie Kingston throwing a that TV monitor sure at Jazz as they run out the doors and yeah. then they kind of chase them off until they drive away in their car. So that was that when he threw the, an actual awesome. like TV monitor at them. I thought that that made me laugh. Um, me too. Just seems unnecessary, but it's hilarious and like I very much it. like him. Yep. I thought that was really funny. So I'm fine with this, mostly just because it gets JAS on the show, but we don't get another lengthy promo from them, oh, which yes, I don't. Thank God. Which I don't think we needed. So it nudges a feud along without having to hear Jericho talk for a lengthy segment. So I was completely fine with this. And Eddie throwing the TV was was awesome. That was really funny. Yeah. Um, and we cut right to them. They're just walking out for an in-ring promo, uh, which was like advertised. Um, Kingston says they won't wait for music. He calls Jericho a two-faced guy when he was running. He says he will attack them on site, regardless if they're mm-hmm. with their wives or kids or anything. He says he knows where Garcia lives, and he'll show up, attack on site. He keeps like saying on site. He'll attack them on site. I thought that was funny. Um, Santana says they are scrubs. This is what they do, and they better bring their hardest fight. Ortiz says when Jericho grows a pair, why don't they have a six-man tag next week? Or not, either way, on site. Uh... <laughs> Kingston says they'll beat their asses JYD Butch Reed style. Some old match reference mm-hmm. there. Insert old reference here. There, I don't know. He said on site so much that I feel like it's going to come into play, but I can't figure out how it will. Uh, maybe just he's going to attack them wherever he sees them, I guess. So yeah, this was good. Kingston's amazing on the mic. I was hoping for a bit more from Santana and Ortiz because they should have more personal things to say about Jericho since they were a part of his group for such a long time, right? But the intensity was good. Um, they didn't really say anything of consequence, but the presentation was good. And Eddie Kingston can get me to believe whatever he's saying. He's fantastic. So yeah, I didn't really have a problem with this. I just was hoping for more from Santana and Ortiz directed at Jericho. Yeah, that's fair. I really like this, though. Um, 
pretty quick and to the point. Very like Eddie Kingston, like here's just like a lunatic. I just thought yeah. like him kept keeping going like on site. I thought yes. that was funny. It just felt like natural, like like him. I thought they Santana Ortiz are pretty good too. I think you made a valid point, but I still think they were pretty good. If you get a match next week, cool. But I'm definitely still banking on Steam Stampede three. That that has to be a lot. It feels like it to me. I don't know what else we're aiming for here. Yes, is what I mean to say. And and also, if you think about it, what other two large groups of people are sort of on a collision course that could? And it's like pretty right? time. It's like yes. pretty good timing. Exactly. Uh, next week, a quick hook package. There's just highlights of his buy-in match and the Rampage segment where he got the thing from QT. There are some commentary lines spliced in. Not much to say. Solid reel, but nothing like My only special. note, because I don't even remember it that well now that it was five days away or whatever, I just have a weird little segment is, is my only note on it. So that is my thoughts. Mm. That's all I got. <laughs> weird little segment. Yep. Did you even write that it was a hook segment? Or? I just have hook and then my note underneath, weird little segment. <laughs> that's that, that's that, why you tune in accurate. folks i'm bringing you the deep deep analysis of this the stuff. best of the best right? folks. who right? else who else that's gonna... why our downloads have been spiking the best of the best right here <laughs> yep. right weird little segment's gonna get us another thousand downloads at probably. least at least i at would assume least. yep uh next we got jade cargill interview on the stage mm-hmm. on the top of the stage where she does jumps off doing her best jeff hardy impression nope uh, um, Cargo says to Tony to cut the crap, and she's here to introduce her baddie section and tells the camera to do his job. Um, so it cuts to them. Um, Sterling says it was difficult to find good-looking people in Boston, but Cargill's hardworking, and she did it. Sterling says play isn't allowed in the baddie section, and she may be a badass, but she's in a baddie. She says we should call her number 30. No, we'll call her play. And she's sick of MMA losers coming in. Facts. Fair I enough. agree. Yep. Uh, Cargo says play may call herself the problem, but she's the problem solver. Ooh. I thought that was a good line, but I've never heard her called a problem in my entire life. I think that's her new gimmick coming. To- I guess so. Like, I guess she's been on dark. So. And if you're new to FNS wrestling, play. play is in fact Marina Shafir. We're just referring to her as her true nickname. Persona from NXT. Not she- even her persona. The shirt her she wore. T-shirt. That we thought was funny. Um, I really liked jade's attitude here i think she's really starting to grow as a character and if she can sort of keep improving in the ring they 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 definitely have something i think she's at this point i'm gonna confidently say she's good on the mic and in this character i like her attitude like when she grabs the mic from sterling and tells him to give her space i thought that was cool and it's i think they kind of handled her well they protected her on the mic for a long time right only giving her one or two lines at a time now it feels like they're starting to let her do a little bit more. I think she's doing a really good job. And I mean, she 100% has the look that, the, that any company would want. And I think she's really good in this character. So I, I think that they have something with her. And she just needs to keep, by all accounts, she works really hard. She loves wrestling. She's in it for the right reason. So I don't see any reason why she's not, you know, a top star in the next 12 to 18 months for this company. Before mm-hmm. WWE throws every cent they have at her when she's a free agent, probably. <laughs> right. But yeah, I like this. Yeah, I liked it again. It was a different segment. You could easily distinguish from any other one. So I'll I'll appreciate that fact yep. at least. Um, I think, but the promo was solid. The baddie section was funny. Remember, you saw the random guy. Oh yeah, when they show the baddies, and then there's like some. I don't mean to be mean, but like, like your stereotypical wrestling fan, or like dude. The, a guy who's like the opposite of that. Right. So they have all these section. beautiful people in theory, and then this guy is just kind of they caught him at the front of the group, and it made me laugh because yeah. it was the opposite of what you would expect. <laughs> that was funny, and the final line from Cargo was good too. Still, do not care about this, but this was a solid segment. 
Um, MJF and Spears get a promo. Um, Spears says, I think he said that Wardlow's pissing up the wrong tree. Yes. Um, MJF says he prays Wardlow shows up next week, so there'll be twice as much security and pain. I assume double the posters, too. Maybe even posters not on the hard cam side, dare I say. Yeah. Uh, it's possible. Possible. He mocks Sean Dean and challenges him to a match next week. Ooh, he's walking on dangerous ground right there. For sure. And says there will be no upset Sorry. next week, but there could be. There definitely could be. It's all uh, possible. MJF shouts about the monitor not working as he walks off, which is funny because that's the one that Kingston threw, so I thought that was kind of funny. And then I thought there was like a little bit of hint of Spears doesn't seem to appreciate MJF like taking over the promo. You I know? didn't catch that. So I think maybe that's that makes sense, and maybe that's a little tease. Like everybody is sort of tiring of MJF's antics a little bit. So I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it, but uh, yeah, it was solid. Obviously, with MJF speaking is always good. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah, I thought it was solid. I thought both of them spoke well. I didn't even notice until Andre mentioned it. But after he like he was yelling about the monitor, I thought that was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. That they just like. Kingston must have like grabbed it from there and threw it at them and they just put it back. Right. I think that's kind of funny. Next we get my favorite match of the year. Step aside, Young Bucks, FTR, and other team, Briscoes. Uh this is the best one. This of the three. Match was confusing. So good. It was confusing. I thought you meant to say so good. So I think the problem is It was bad. That the I think the rules of the match were actually different from what commentary told us. Because commentary told us that you're eliminated when you go through the table, right? No, they kept saying it had to be an offensive maneuver. No, but then when it was an offensive maneuver, Hart, Jeff was supposed to be eliminated. He was. But I don't think he was. He was. Anyways, go ahead and, and so talk. was Butcher, and then they just... Because no disqualifications, they just came back. Oh, okay. But- yeah, it, they were eliminated, but then it just like they just kind of were like. But then you I come just... back and do the finishing move to win the match, even though you were eliminated. Yeah, I don't know why Matt wasn't eliminated and came back, like just to like help set it up. And why do you choose to eliminate the biggest star in the match right, basically, really or, quickly, right? It's the most popular. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, sorry. Talk about the match first, I guess. This is the best tag match of the month. <laughs> uh, no, not even of this hour of the show. <laughs> the best tag match of the half hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, dive botch uh, by Jeff as he falls from a dive before Blade even gets there because he's on the turnbuckles and so he's meant to be thrown off by Blade, but he kind of just like stumbles and falls before Blade oh, even right. gets there. Yes. There's a fisherman neckbreaker by Blade. Jeff kind of goes through the table, just kind of falls flat. And it was half set up, so he's eliminated from that, but he'll be back. He sure because, will. Uh, like dropped through a table by Matt to eliminate Butcher, but he just kind of gets up after he's been taken out and he's just like i kind of want to stick around yeah i guess so uh matt misses the name dive goes to a table that's not an elimination bunch of stuff on the outside mainly basic shots futures fates also ladder comes out i don't know why because hardy's <laughs> uh jeff does a big swanton off of the top of the ladder surprising Obviously. i know um First and time. they make their way down uh or sorry uh put, he puts blade through a table um and they win yeah uh, and then Offo comes down. Right. Sting comes out. Andrade's afraid of Sting. Use Bunny as a shield because Sting's old. So he's ter- scary. He's got nothing to lose. Yep. Uh, I thought this was a not very long and pretty pedestrian ladder match. Not even a ladder match or tables match, sorry. But honestly, it was just to set up the Jeff Hardy off the ladder spot that we've all seen a thousand times. And again, like the guy that was eliminated first, eliminated, quote unquote, comes back to pick up the win for his team in this match. So I thought that was kind of 
confusing and if you want to have Hardy hit that spot to win the match, I think there's better ways to do it than have him eliminated and come back. But yeah, anyways, maybe don't do that. The match was nothing special at all. I did not really enjoy it. And and again, in a tag team division that is absolutely stacked with awesome teams, these are not the folks that I would give the time to. So and in the aftermath, again, I say it every week, love Andrade, don't like this faction or the angle he's in right now, and I hope they have long-range plans for him because he's a star. We I all know he he's a star. away from Sting because that's the right thing to do. This is not the way to use Andrade. So, yes, yeah. this was a disappointing AEW match. Like, this was... I, I don't did not enjoy this. I would say it was not good. I wouldn't call it disappointing because I didn't expect it to be good. I guess, yeah. Uh, this was boring. Just a mediocre at best slow tables match. The climax of the Jeff Hardy spot we've seen oh so many times. Mm-hmm. Too much wandering around with basic stuff. Um... Just felt like it dragged on. The pace was very bad. Bunch of missed spots to go through a table and then Country kept saying it has to be an offensive maneuver. We Oh my it. god, they must have said that eight times. The one times. table spot too where Jeff went through it, it just kinda of fell flat, it looked kinda of lame, like that's how he got eliminated. That was right. just like lame. The post match crap was lame too. Andrade looks like an idiot, like cowering from Sting. Yes. Oh, that was the table where instead of the table breaking, the le- legs just sort of collapsed, right? And, it and just then went the, flat. Yeah, the table didn't yeah. really break. Yes, exactly. I remember. Uh, next, we get a Cage and Jurassic Express uh, segment. Uh, Cage pours water on his face and then just walks off because he's kind of angry, I guess. I hope he quits. Uh, Jungle Boy says, Redragon are one of the best teams in the world, but in AEW, the rank- rankings matter. Or the records. Um, I guess they, they usually do. They do, but yeah. Um, And theirs isn't good enough to challenge for the titles, but since Redragon keep getting involved in their business, they'll challenge Redragon to a match next week. And Dynamite put the tag tiles on the line. Luchasaurus says di- dragons and dinosaurs and does like a snarl. I thought that's kind of funny. Like the, the line, not the snarl, because he does that all the time. So I'm hopeful for you because Christian's super mad, right? And Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus don't care. They like let him storm off and just continue to cut a right. promo. So hopefully that's... They kind of like take notes for like a second. But and then we're like, like, whatever, oh, yeah. move on. So maybe that's cracks in their little group because um, they just let him walk away. But I thought Jungle Boy sounded pretty good here. And like talking's the final piece of the puzzle for him, right? So it makes sense that they're going to let him try and talk a little bit here and there because that's all he really needs. And maybe a character tweak because I don't know how long you can do like Jungle Boy, a Tarzan person as a as a character. But I, I don't know. This was fine. I, it wasn't amazing or anything, but... I'm wondering if the whole ignoring Christian when he's angry is a sign of things to come, hopefully. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. I didn't even think about that, but that's like a good point. They just kind of like, like, I, I don't want to say like they ignored it, but like, they it, it's clearly like wasn't worth not doing their promo right. for, right? Which, and it wasn't like it was an important, profound promo either, really, right? Right. So. It was like, there's like, oh, where are you going? Come back. And then yeah. I just cut a promo. Oh, please stop. Don't Wait, go. Where are you going? Right. <laughs> it feels like one of those things like where you're like, I, where have I seen that in a show? I was like, oh, okay, I remember. Right. It was that one episode of The Office, right? And there, I think it was like when they had the work bus. And I remember uh, Daryl and Clark are sitting at the table outside. And I think the work bus leaves for like the they pies don't or whatever. And they're just yeah. like, stop. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. And like some one of those kind of things. And I, was, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> I told that like way out of my mind. Um, it's all promo. I'm really excited for this match. I think it'll be like, I think it'll be cool because it'll be like a little more focused on Red Dragon because that three way match I I really liked, but mm-hmm. I feel like this will be cool also. Yeah, it should be good for sure. Um, kind of similar logic to the Hangman cool thing, but I'm fine with that. Another cool match for sure. Yep. Uh, Thunder Rosa, another Rose promo package. 
Uh, they should exchange some words, didn't catch much of it, but basically they're just having a title match at the second Battle of the Belt show. I thought it was solid. I enjoyed the back and forth style. Everyone spoke fine. <laughs> Nothing super interesting. I'm just not super invested. But it should be a solid match for Battle of the Belts 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Neither one of them said much here, but they both sounded pretty good. Um, And just, as I always seem to say lately, Nyla doesn't need Vicky. Vicky's not adding anything for me because I Although think... she does make her more vicious. I think Nyla's perfectly fine talking, right? Like, she's good Yeah, on the she's mic, never going to be, like, great. But no, I think but... she, like, she'll survive on her own. And, like, I don't think, like, it's... Let me put it, like, I don't think she's, like, super good. And I don't think Vicky's super good either. But I don't think, like... She's. I don't think Vicky can do a better job than Nyla can do on her own. Like and I it, feel like Nyla will do just as well on the mic with or without Vicky. And if the presentation was Nyla's the silent monster and that Vicky speaks for her, but that's not really what they're doing anymore. So I don't feel like Vicky's really adding anything at this point. But anyways, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would for sure be different if they had like established that kind of dynamic, but they didn't. Nope. Uh, next, we get one of the most interesting segments i've ever seen in my entire life between two of my favorite wrestlers that i'd like uh tony storm and jamie hater so they yeah. do it's true um, because they are the only two qualified for the tournament so that means they have to talk uh hater says she hopes they face off in the tournament because all the momentum and popularity of storm stops with her because she's winning the tournament storm says this has just begun wow that was awesome uh it was fine. I can't say I want to see this at all. Um, I'm intrigued a little. I think it's interesting because I, and when it comes to Tony Storm, I do hate her. So, uh-huh. oh, haha, I see what you did there. I thought it was it was good intensity from both of them. It was super short. I'm interested in it because a, sometimes I think Hater looks good and sometimes I don't. So I'm trying to make up my mind of whether I like her or not or think she's good. And Tony Storm, I am, you are not, but I am willing to give her a chance because I know I've seen her have good matches before, so I haven't sort of uh, given up on her. So I'm interested to see this match because I'm still kind of formulating my opinions on each of them. So I we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I thought it was fine. It was really quick. Yeah, it just felt like kind of like random. Like, I feel like, I mean, I don't like Storm, but like, honest, like, just like unbiased i don't think we really need this like it's just like what they're the two like they're the only two in the tournament like and they'll maybe face off like i feel like it's like i don't know it just it's weird like I they're the only two and reminder like, it's just of... like oh, it's not really necessary like, i feel like it's like the qualifiers just starts so of course they're the only ones in i don't know i, I think it was just a they reminder of who's qualified because i had kind of forgotten speaking hater of so. mm-hmm women's match of the week what a choice Karshita versus julia black i mean julia hart and did you notice she was starting to show some like makeup under the patch like whatever malachi has i feel like i did notice it but i forgot there was a little a hint of her having similar whatever makeup yeah i think i'm i'm not like i'm i'm open to it i guess but i feel like they could have done better choices for a female house of black member well, considering I'm gonna say. i don't want to watch her wrestle and this is this match is sort of evidence it's not my favorite addition <laughs> to the house of black for sure where have they been man i haven't like where's abaddon I... wouldn't she fit better she's almost like two. two so they could dial her back a bit we haven't seen her in so long yeah but i feel like the house of black it's like kind of but like it's not like supernatural it's more like just like dark and like but like black's like intelligence i mean i feel like adon's like kind of like a a monster like fiend type character where it's like they should sign i just figured it out i feel like 
it's like Abaddon's like the fiend. Black is more like a Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like that. So how about Max the Impaler? That's what I want. I miss Max the Impaler. I don't, I don't, they, I I don't like, know what they're they doing. are a monster, but... too? Yes, they are a monster, but I don't know. I, at least it's not like Supernatural. Max you could is do that. Cool. I don't know. I'm feeling like I don't know who, but like I feel like someone else. I'm trying to think like, I don't know. But And I think they're going for the irony of Someone like, dark but like intelligent. I think they're going with the irony of Julia Hart is this very young, like cute, blonde, whatever, whatever. Like it wouldn't seem like she'd fit there. So they're go- I don't know. But anyways, talk about this match. Yeah, um it was mediocre. Hard attacks right at the bell, chokes she on the ropes, tells Varsity Blondes to leave even though they did nothing. But I mean if I had to go around walking around with Brian Pillman Jr., I'd probably tell him to leave every time too. Um, oh, yeah, she Sheeta sends them away, right? Is just waiting on heart or wailing on heart with sh- that's what I meant. Wailing on heart with shots post commercial break. Stalling suplex by Sheeta. Outside in suplex from the middle rope by Sheeta for two. Uh, spinning knee, in, which sort of hit. And a falcon <laughs> arrow by Sheeta for the win. Post match, Deeb's music hits. Sheeta turns around, Deeb's a chair, but she has kind of six, so they kind of have a standoff. Deeb leaves. That was happening. Yeah, Deeb looked crazy in this. I I kind of I liked it, but that was my favorite part of this. I just don't think Julia Hart's very good at this point. Not to say she can't be, but she's really young and green, right? So, and again, another kind of short-ish women's match with a three-minute commercial in the middle. So I'm not going to, I mean, if you listen to the show, I complain about that every week, so I won't say too much about it. But I think Hart sending her team to the back and showing some heel tendencies, I think we're getting that clearer indication that she's probably going to be joining the house of black at some point um but i'm not sure what she's going to add to the group right like i don't know exactly what she brings to the group even though like anyways i guess we'll see we can trust aew still at this point and i did like the the weapon standoff at the end just as a reminder of the deep sheeta feud is still happening and the it's like a blood feud at this point so that was maybe it's going to lead to a weapons match or no dq what keeps saying maybe lead to the final match it's been like months and it's not bothering me though even though some of the matches haven't been that it's great. It's kind of been bothering me. Like, I feel like it's like it's like a slow build for like no reason. It's not like it's not like a hangman thing where it was like it was working. I feel like it's like they just do stuff some weeks and then like it's just kind of ignored. Yeah, because they don't put a lot of the women on, right? So unfortunately, an, even a normal length feud is going to be drawn out when there's one match and maybe a segment or two every week. But anyways, I, I'm still looking forward to quote unquote the final like, match you're telling me they had to put a tony storm jamie hater segment just because they're in a tournament and not like stuff for this like it's i don't know it's just kind of weird yeah it's interesting how they uh budget their women's time on this yeah. show sometimes i honestly don't get why we can't get like one more match like because this match is just like you shortened it like this is pretty short so like why not put in like a another short one or b a medium length one right like something better like i don't know and get I'm rid not of that tables like, match. And I'm not even saying, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm not even saying like has to be like a weekly thing, but like, no, if like you can, or if like you know one of your matches isn't super like, if you know one of your matches is like this, why not put another one in? Like right. it doesn't have to be a consistent thing, but it should be like fairly often. I feel like I don't want to have to go to the internet soon. to see these women wrestle, right? Because I won't. If it's not on TV, I'm probably not going to see it. So one right. match a week that's cut off with commercials isn't enough for me. But exactly. Um, it, this is fine. Mediocre match interrupted by commercial break. Nothing super interesting. Hart should have been a different sending versus Blondes to the back, but even then she's pretty similar. If she more, if you show, but if she showed more change, the commercial break likely cut it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deep part was actually interesting. I hope we get that match soon. Um, maybe something happens in the tournament to set up more because now she's occupied with this. So again, it gets dragged out and right. 
of course. Um, so next we get a Swerve interview. Talks about going to the Grammy Awards on Sunday. How he hasn't forgotten about the attacks from Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Then he leaves. Goes into a room. Gets attacked by Starks and Hobbs. Keith Lee shows up to help Swerve. They kind of get into a, bra- a brawl. And Lee um, counts as Hobbs through like a partition. Or like a like part the, of the flimsiest wall. looking wall. A classic. Ever. A classic breakaway wall, wall in wrestling. Yeah, I thought Swerve sounded really cool here, but the brawl afterward looked kind of cheesy to me because it was like the camera was really up close and the sound was really clear, so it seemed extra fake looking, right? Like it was harder to suspend my disbelief during this. And we say, I say it pretty much every week, right? This feud doesn't really interest me and it just continues to linger and not really move forward. So I don't think it's doing Swerve and Keith Lee any favors. Like it's not making them look like they were some huge free agent signings, right? Like they're toiling against... Which they are, so it's kind of weird. They're toiling against a faction that never accomplishes anything at this point, right? So I just want them to get there. They should obviously pick up... I'm feeling like we're going to get a tag match, and then, I don't know, it's going to drag it. Are, but, but I, don't, I want them to move on. I think it's next week. I don't know. Right. I hope they move on soon. Yeah, same. Uh, this is fine. Promise is fine from Swerve. Brawl was there. I think still definite waste of time for Swerve and Lee. Swerve also faced QT on the last Rampage, so it's like he's following Lee's route. <laughs> yes. It's kind of funny. The wall bit was kind of cool, but like also just like clearly contrived. Yes. Uh, next we got our main event, which is the Young Bucks versus FTR for the AAA and Ring of Honor tag titles. Um, so uh, notables, uh, Nick threw his headband axe. He shoved it in his trunks and threw it at Matt, who's on the apron. made me laugh. Uh, Nick trips uh, Dax when he runs the ropes, then Cash trips him out, and he does the same. They all brawl in the ring. Simultaneous sharpshooters by FTR. Bucks eventually get free. Nick superkicks Dax on the apron as Cash nearly makes a hot tag. I thought this was cool because like, Nick had been sent to the apron, so he's on the same side as Dax. As Cash is about, is about to go for the tag, he superkicks him off, so that's kind of cool. Dax Hard gets a solid hot tag flurry. He had a pile driver for two at one point. One point there was like a fast gory bomb by Cash for two, which is after a frenzy. And he did it way better than yeah, Kaylee Ray does. Snap and I love bomb. Kaylee Ray, yeah. but this looked, KLR bomb. It looked much more forceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, smash contraption by the Young Bucks after a low blow for How two. Dare so they. that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they hit more bang for your buck for a near fall. Uh, BT trigger and it's a three count for the Bucks, but the ref notices after the Cash goes on the ropes. So the match continues. Bucks thought they won, but then it's explained. Bucks go for a Meltzer driver. Dax catches Nick at a midair to hit a slingshot powerbomb as uh, Cash Looked counters good. Matt and hit a tombstone. Then FTR hit a BTE trigger, or you could call it an FTR trigger, and a smash contraption for the win to retain both sets of the belts. Uh, what a match. I mean, this kind of saved this show for me. I wasn't a big fan of the show up to this point, but this match, like, I could watch these two teams wrestle all day long. Just amazing back and forth action super hot crowd to enhance everything right and i mean this was more more enjoyable than anything i saw in wrestlemania and i really liked a couple matches but i thought this was better um what a few days for ftr right i've now added their match from super card of honor and this to like our growing list of match of the year candidates for 2022 because i love this match as well um was that already the but or sorry ftr made it twice yes um, so they're like on top of the tag team world right now, in my opinion, a huge quality win for them, right? Because it's the, been this thing that they can't Honestly, beat. Honestly, like Bucks. I wouldn't even mind if they had won the tag titles right now in AW because, like, I don't know, like I know we were saying the acclaimed a while ago, but like a really like, or I guess Red Dragon, but like, given like that, it doesn't seem like a definite answer to 
to like um give it to or like I mean like sorry like you know like when Box and Omega were champions yes. they were like de- or like Baker too they were definite choices like yes. you knew who had to be the next yes. one I don't feel like there is that right now there I feel like there's for, some good options right for Jurassic for sure. yeah I don't see who and so FTR is super high right now they're killing it why not make them tag belt collectors mm-hmm. like I Easily think that'd could. be cool I I would love that and. I think for them to be first two-time tag champs would be kind of cool. Um, I think it's a good time for them. Like, yes. I feel like if they want to do that, they should do that now because I don't know like when another good time for them to win the titles. Ju- I feel like their their reign was kind of short. I remember it being because it went from all out to full gear in 2020, which is like a few months. Yes, and Jurassic Express aren't doing anything to elevate those titles for me right now. Exactly. That, and FDR it would be different could. if I was enjoying them a lot. Like, right. sure, I like that three-way match a lot, but that was like, other than that, it was like a lot of Rampage matches, feuding with gun club mm-hmm. like i think like ftr could do a lot more and it's a really hot period for them. like like you said they just won the tag titles from briscoe's which was a hot match they've had this hot match and like they are now super over as baby faces exactly so not only that but it would be like a popular win like yep i sure it'd be a baby face to baby face transition but if it works, it works. I think that they FTR are the best tag team in the world right now and they're finally getting the huge push that they deserve because we've always been saying like unfortunately for them a little bit they were that team that could keep having amazing matches and not win right and it didn't seem to hurt them but now they've sort of put in their time and they're getting the push that they deserve they're so good at the heel tactics like that was one of their things that you i know you liked a lot in nxt and and like even like early aw like so i think it's really weird how good they still work as baby faces like it's it's really weird to me because I think on paper they shouldn't have been this good as baby faces. I think they were like really good heels, but it's still like working better. And arguably, this is their best stretch so far. They're kind of like tag team Brian Danielson, right? Like they yeah. can kind of do whatever you need them to do. And, and they're fantastic in the ring. Yep. Violent. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair comparison. And just again, I'm thankful for a company that likes tag team wrestling and realizes how amazing. Yeah, it can you're be. not getting this anywhere else. No, like not anywhere not, mainstream. Not that's at for all. Sure. So a fantastic main event to a show that, for me, otherwise had some lackluster matches, which we'll talk about right, when the pseudo, we go overall. I guess you could call it the Dynamite After Mania. This R- was a, a good match to go out on. Great main event. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I thought it was a great match. I enjoyed the finish to their first match more. I'll always remember that finish, like where Cash had to resort to the Springboard 450, and then he missed, and, and that's how they lost. Like I thought that was just like the perfect ending. Um, this may have been better than that first match, though. I'm not sure yet. It might be recency bias because I have not seen the first match since it happened. This was, amazing. but man, this was good. I will. I think that finish to the first match will always be just like one that I'll remember because I think it was cool. Cause it was just like I don't know, like a poetic's the right term, but it just made sense. It like it worked. It it just kind of like had everything come full circle. I think them using like the BT trigger to beat the Bucks, like and with the smash contraption, was cool too. So I think it was all around. This was really cool. Um, I I kind of wish it was like a two or three falls or something like, or you could do that on paper. I guess I would like this like, because if you think about it, they're at one piece. I don't want to like be have to do that trope. I feel like you definitely could do that. Like, oh yeah, if FTR win the tag titles, we need this on pay per view. Yes, or something absolutely. Um, just to like finish it off. If they don't win the titles, you can just kind of pause this again because that's kind of what they did. Yep. And then I think if they win the titles, you just you go at this one more time. And even a match of that magnitude, you could argue, doesn't even need the titles, right? Because there's already enough at stake. Uh, for that, sure. So if you don't, right? But yes, that match we because we've already get. had title matches for both. Right. Um, thoughts on the show as a whole? It was kind of a tough one for me to grade. So I I like the opener. 
I don't think it was amazing, but I did enjoy it. I obviously I love the main event. Absolutely loved it. But then in between, it's like Samoa Joe match that was just a showcase for him. Nothing special. Tables match that missed the mark for me. Sheeta Hart match that I don't think was very good. And a Spears Dean match that was nothing really. So segment wise, things were pretty good. Nothing blew me away. Like I liked uh, Jade's promo and the Eddie Kingston thing with the TV throwing. But uh, I don't know. Tony Khan overhyped this, right? He was talking about that this was like pay-per-view quality show and if you look at that rundown of matches of course i think the main event definitely of course absolutely but like because i remember you kept telling me that i was like sure yeah you kept telling me like it's supposed to be this i was like yeah okay it definitely was not but so i gave it a b minus show and that's largely due to the fantastic like it was kind of on pace for almost a c level show for me before the main event kind of brought up the grade for sure uh overhyped by tony khan but still at the end of the day, I never regret watching AEW, right? Like, I'm always happy that I that I watched it, so... Never got, really a slog. No, we got a pay-per-view quality main event, but the rest of the show was pretty underwhelming for me. So a B-minus, which is a low grade for Dynamite, really. Mm. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think the opener was pretty good, but kind of underwhelming or, like, under-delivering, so to speak. Um, I think uh, the squash was, was good, but not really like good wrestling because at the end of the day that is a squash so yes. it's not really like wow it's, i mean like it, even if it's good it's not it's not really like a wrestling plus i would say right um, i think the spears dean was wasn't like good wrestling again but uh served a good purpose at least uh the tables match was boring women's match kind of sucked main event was awesome i think the main event definitely saves the show a lot i really liked it um i enjoyed the kingston proud and powerful stuff both parts where he threw the tv and the promo itself i thought that was cool blackpool combat club i like i like the best friend stuff um i think cargo's promo was good uh mj sean spears i was all right the dress express promo was solid the women's uh segments were all right uh swerve team tad segment was solid too um i think overall a below average show i think b minus rating is pretty fair mm-hmm. um i think the main event definitely saves a lot because it was really good like one of the awesome. best tv matches in since danielson hangman like that's one of those ones like if you didn't watch dynamite go find this match i would absolutely highly recommend yes for yep. sure absolutely awesome all right well that's wrapping up our dynamite review and we're gonna move into a little bit of trivia and what we like to call off the top of his head All right, so this week we are taking a look at special guest appearances, all WWE. You ready? Yeah. I think there's 20-ish, maybe 22 or something questions. So, starting out easy, which former American president has made multiple appearances on WWE? (laughs) Donald Trump. Correct. Best of the best. Well, some Americans would argue that he is still the president. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, number two. Which popular American actor got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2015? Schwarzenegger. Correct. I think I only, I guess because I knew he, he was in the ad year a little bit, but I also know he was a, I think he was a 2K16 pre-order bonus or DLC. Nice. That's, so. uh, the video game sometimes help you with this trivia. Let's see. This is getting a little more obscure now. Which English footballer, so to us that's a soccer player, was involved in a clash with Bad News Barrett on Raw in Manchester. I have options if oh, you want them. Oh, uh, I should know. Uh, okay, yeah. Because you might recognize when you hear it, right? Yeah. So David Beckham, Wayne Rooney, Stephen Gerrard, Gerard, I don't know, or Frank Lampard. I'll go Beckham, I guess. It is not Beckham. It's a Gerrard. Wayne Rooney. Ah. Uh. 
the one I wasn't going to guess. Which famous boxer was involved in a WrestleMania match versus The Big Show in 2008? Floyd Mayweather. Correct. I, I had a feeling. They're, they're going from easy to hard and back again. So I think this one will be easy. Which NBA star served as an enforcer in a match between Chris Jericho and The Big Show on Raw? Shaq. Correct. Which American, Shaq will. Which American actor... Was a guest on Monday Night Raw via Skype in 2012. I have options if you'd like. Sure. Ashton Kutcher, Neil Patrick Harris, Charlie Sheen, Joseph Gordon Lewitt. Charlie Sheen. Correct. Because he was a big deal for a little while there. He went a little bit, uh, had some severe mental health issues. Um, and they tried to parlay that into some money and appearances, I guess. Which of these reality TV stars had a match at WrestleMania, and won. Snooki? Yeah, I was going to say, do you even need the list? It was. I don't Snooki. even know if she's a reality star. I just know she was. She sho- the, actually yeah, so. shocked me with some athleticism in that match. Like, I was expecting it to be, like, awful, awful, but it was only pretty bad, you know? Uh, which of these civil rights activists made an appearance as a guest host on Monday Night Raw to discuss education reform? I would not know this one. Uh, options? I'll take options. Reverend Al Sharpton. Oprah Winfrey, Louis Farrakhan, or John Lewis? Oprah, I guess. No, Reverend Al Sharpton. Just give me my second guess. Which popular comedy actor featured as a guest host on Monday Night Raw but only appeared backstage and never performed for the crowd in 2010? Do you want options? Sure. Charlie Sheen, Ashton Kutcher, Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller. Stiller. No, Kutcher. Hmm. Mm. Which two actors appeared on the Ra- on Raw as hosts to promote their film The Goods Live Hard Sell Hard? I would never guess. I have this. no clue. Oh, it, I'll give you options. You can guess. Kevin James, Adam Sandler, Jeremy Piven, Ken Jeong. Yeah, that. It, you're correct. I, I just remember seeing Ken Jeong on. Yep. For some reason. You got it. Which NASCAR driver? Because I know you love NASCAR. I know. I know his name, but I don't remember what it was. So you might. Which NASCAR driver is? infamously known for calling Kofi Kingston Cough Johnston while hosting Monday Night Raw. Uh, Options? You might recognize okay. the name. Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Bush, Eric Jones. Kyle Bush. Correct. Who was the first guest star on Monday Night Raw? Like, ever? I think so. And I, I have options. Know. I don't know. Batista, Beyonce, Donald Trump, Oh, for the guest Taylor, GM. I think it was Batista. Taylor Lautner. For the guest GM. You're right. It was Batista. It was. Yeah. Oh, was it guest GM and they didn't put that? They said guest, I, I was, guest star, oh, but okay. yes. Um, which billionaire rapper has made a WWE appearance? Ready? Here's the list. Uh-huh. Sean Jay-Z Carter, Sean Diddy Combs, Dr. Dre, or Kanye West? Second one. Sean Combs is correct. Very good. Which of these African-American comedians made an appearance on Raw in September 2009. Cedric Entertainer. Wow. Didn't even need the list. Very yeah. good. Which famous American talk show host made an appearance on Raw in February 2015? Uh, want, a, want options? Yeah. David Letterman, James Corden, Jerry Springer, Jimmy Kimmel. Corden. Springer. Damn it. In 2011, Pitbull made an appearance as a guest on Raw. Which of the following women accompanied him? Wow, these are hard. Ready? Yeah. 
Jennifer Lopez, Maya, Selena Gomez, Shakira. Uh, go over the first ones again. Lopez, Maya, Gomez, Shakira. Lopez. Maya. How dare you? Uh. You think you know wrestling. These are some obscure ones. This famous American singer has made guest appearances in two different WWE decades. Interesting. Do you want the uh, options? Yeah. So they are Dolly Parton, Cindy Lauper, Aretha Franklin, Celine Dion. Oh, I think it's Franklin or Lauper. I'll go Lauper. Correct. Very good. Which of these Los Angeles rappers was featured as a guest on WWE? Ken- uh, Kendrick Lamar, Tupac Shakur, Snoop Dogg, or Ice Cube? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is correct. He loves the wrestling, eh? Because he's just... Well, he's... What was the move he did that was so awful? Was it a that splash? That was an AEW. Yeah, I know. But was it a yeah, splash? It yeah, was. it was awful. Well, and he's Sasha Banks' cousin. True. True or false? The only people to appear as guests on WWE Raw in 2019 are Michael, Cole, Michael Shea and Colin Jost. I think from... Are they from Saturday Night Live? Yeah, they remember they were in the Andre Bell Royal and right. they had the thing with Strowman. So they were the and only... And there was the car, which was a toy. Only people as guests on Raw in 2019. True or false? Uh, true. It is true. I don't... And again, I don't know if they mean guest GM because weren't, they weren't GMs, were they? Anyways, no. That was a stupid angle they did anyways. Which of these WWE superstars appeared on Raw playing the role of Santa Claus? Uh... I, I could get this one without the hints. Do you want the they want yeah. the options? Oh uh, wait, say it again. I actually remembered this. Which superstar appeared on Raw playing the role of Santa Claus? Austin. No. Cena. No. Undertaker, Kane, Foley, Big Show. Big Show. No, it was Foley, man. I remember that one. Oh, because Foley's Christmas. He loves Dude. Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Um, which of these Marvel actors? Oh boy, has appeared on WWE Raw Hugh as Jackman a, as a guest host. Hugh Jackman. Uh, not one of the options. Damn it. Oh, I know he punched Dolph Ziggler. He did. It oh, actually okay, was okay. a good looking punch, too. Batista? Cause does he count? Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., Bradley Cooper, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd? No. Downey? No. Holland? No. Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper? Apparently. That's I don't so remember. weird. And the funny, he's only like a voice actor, too. He just voice acts him. Like, you know, uh, oh, is that right? the raccoon from yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Guardians. That's yeah, yeah. him. All right. Yeah. Last one. There has only been one guest appearance. What does this even mean? There has only been one guest appearance at O2 Arena. Who hosted? Does that mean anything to you? I don't know. What O2, O2 Arena, Arena is. Mean? I think it's in UK. I don't know. Maybe Germany? Anyways, um, that's just sort of a hint, I'm guessing. So your options are David Hasselhoff, Michael Caine, Jay Sarah, or Seth Rogen. I'll go with Rogen. It is not. Hasselhoff. Correct. That's why I'm guessing maybe it's Germany. He's a, he's a big deal there. So that was hard, man. That was a very difficult off the top of his head. You did pretty well on them. Um, but anyways, we're going to transition back, I think, into our last segment where we are going to, mostly me, talk about another episode of WWE NXT 2.0. Okay, time for my lovely, lovely review of NXT 2.0, which is always a chore. And if, as I've said, if ROH ends up getting some sort of TV or even internet show, I will probably review that and watch it with you and ditch NXT. But until then, this show starts with a highlight video from Stand and Deliver. 
and then also has to cut to highlights of Breaker defeating Ziggler to win back the NXT Championship on Raw a couple of night the night before, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so Braun Breaker starts out, he comes out to speak. He puts over WrestleMania, the fans winning back the title, etc. Imperium then walk out. Walter gets in the ring, addresses Breaker, and we basically, long story, very short, end up with the Breaker-Walter main event for the NXT Championship tonight. I think Walter should have won, and then <laughs> Breaker said a one-day reign. <laughs> right. Um, so Breaker in this was given really generic stuff to say. I think his delivery was okay. He's not he's not great, but I guess he's pa- he's passable or a little bit better on the mic. Um, and this is me before knowing what happened at the end. If this match leads to Walter losing clean, I will be annoyed because Walter should be built into a major threat. And this feud feels like it's just being hot-shotted, which is a shame. But I guess now that we know Imperium's been called up, right, or at least two-thirds of Imperium have been called up, it kind of makes a bit more sense. But at the time, I was thinking, this is a quote-unquote money match for NXT, right? Like, if you want to really push bon- Braun Breaker, uh, Walter is an awesome opponent for him. So I felt like they were Although giving it now away. now it kind of really, makes sense. It does, right, in in hindsight. Um, then we get the Creeds. They defeat Imperium in what I thought was a really good match. Uh, the end was a little bit strange. So Eichner worked a lot to start this match, and he looked great, as he always does. Uh, Bartel got busted open somewhere along the way. And then Eichner walked off mid-match as Imperium was setting up for that combination kick to upside down. One of the creeds was hanging upside down. So I think it's Bartel hits the drop kick from inside the ring, right? And then um, Eichner kind of hits a drive-by. And instead of the drive-by, he just walked right by and left. So he leaves Bartel alone. And obviously Bartel can't take both creeds on his own. So he ends up losing fairly quickly to the sliding clothesline from the creeds. So after the match... They get masked attackers dressed in black. They take out the creeds and they reveal themselves to be pretty deadly from NXT UK, but with new names that I didn't even write down. Do you remember what they were? One of them is... You can no, look it up for me if you want. You can check that out. Uh, yeah, I can probably find it easily. Um, so yeah, they show up. They've been the. They were the people I assume that attacked them in the parking lot. I'm you, gonna drop you hints it was them? about who. They, no, I assume I assume they are the ones oh, that attacked. No, they didn't like yeah, they say. Are. Um, so I thought the match was very good, but the departure of Eichner kind of came out of nowhere. Again, in hindsight, it makes sense because Eichner did not get called up as part of Imperium, so I'm hoping they have something for him. I really didn't notice much dissension between them. Okay, so Lewis Howley is Elton Prince. Right. And Sam Stoker is Kit Wilson. Right. So again, names that they had already given people that they're changing for I don't know what reason. I find it interesting, so when you click on uh, Lewis Howley, so his, obviously his handles changed to Elton Prince, and then his... His name and his bio is Elton Prince as well. But then uh, Kit Wilson, his uh, bio still reads Sam Stoker. Weird. So I like Pretty Deadly. Uh, I think they'll be a good heel addition to the tag team division. And I assume it might be they're turning the Creed's baby face. Now, even turning's a strong word. I've never really known if Diamond Mine or heel or baby face. It feels like they're positioning them as baby face at this point. I think Pretty Deadly have improved a lot in the ring. And they're really good being obnoxious heels. So we'll see where that goes. We then get um, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. They get their chance to speak. They're mad at Gonzalez and Kai and Wendy Chu. Uh, they blame Wendy Chu for costing them the match and the titles that stand and deliver. I think Wendy Chu threw a smoothie in their face or whatever on the pre-show. I didn't watch it, but I believe that is what happened. So this was a very short promo, but these two are not good at all. They don't seem to be getting any better as far as I'm concerned. They don't seem comfortable or believable in this gimmick. I think it's time for the toxic... Uh, attraction experiment to end i would suggest i don't think it's 
even though it just kind of is starting got again. Shot in the arm like, again. Yes, it did. So Cameron Grimes comes to the ring in street clothes with the North American Championship. He talks about making good on his promise to his dad and that his dad is somewhere smiling. He praises the fans, talks more about his dad and how hard he has worked to accomplish everything he has. He's proud to be the champ, but he's not going to get complacent. He uses his catch to the moon catchphrase that I don't really enjoy. And then Solo Sokoa interrupts him from the ramp. He congratulates Grimes, but says now the hard part becomes keeping the title. He ends up challenging Grimes. Uh, and somewhere along the line, he did use the term bloodline in there. Sokoa did. So I don't know if that's a little something. But Grimes' response is that he basically respects Sokoa because I think Sokoa is still positioned as a babyface at this point, and so is Grimes. So he respects Sokoa, but he needs to defend the title against the best, so he accepts this challenge. And I think Grimes did a great job with this sincere. He's now, like, whatever they give him, he does a really good job. So he's now this really sincere, believable babyface. I thought he was really good here. Um, and Sokoa's fine. I'm not thrilled about a match between these two, but it makes sense. You're getting your experienced veteran taking on one of the youth, which seems to be the formula for NXT. Calling so Sokoa wins. I can't say that I'm surprised, <laughs> right? But again, it's funny because Sokoa's making reference to the bloodline when, remember when he first debuted and he was doing the whole, like, I was abandoned by my family, so I had to grow up on the streets. And I was joking about, what's he saying? The Usos and Roman, like, kicked him out of the family. <laughs> ditched him because right. they didn't like him. So maybe they're going to take him back now. Uh, so we get Gacy and Harland. Gacy talks about family and having someone to trust. It's imperative to success and not having family leads to self-destruction, which will make sense at the end of this show. Um, Draco Anthony is watching this in the locker room. Zion Quinn walks in and says something like, uh, I don't know, you don't have to listen to them or whatever. Draco gets mad right away, tells Quinn not to tell him what to do. And Quinn, Quinn says he'll teach Draco a lesson. So neither Zion Quinn nor Draco Anthony are very good at speaking here. And I don't really care about a match between the two of them because there's not much chance it's going to be good. And Gacy seems to be treading water. He's really pulled back from the woke character, and now he's just like a pretty standard a calm cult, psycho, <laughs> a cult leader guy who's recruiting people, almost like Bray Wyattish kind of deal, um, back in NXT form at least. So I don't know. It I'm still okay with it, but they seem to have lost the whole woke character, which I thought was a bit interesting, depending how they used it. We then get a recap of the embarrassingly bad "Who's the Hotter Couple" nonsense where Index were voted hottest couple with, I think, 89% of the vote at Stand and Deliver. And so that's going to lead to Loomis and Hudson having a match next, but it's not next because Mackenzie has to talk to Tiffany Stratton first. Basically, Stratton is mad at Saray. And then um, I think it was like basic Stratton said that Saray came out and interfered in her match and Mackenzie corrects her and says it was the Warrior of the Sun. Is that Saray's nickname? Yep. Right? And then... Stratton was funny because she said something like, um, it's really, don't interrupt your, it's rude or something like that. Anyways, um, I actually think Tiffany Stratton is, is pretty good. Her character work, she's been given a tough character, but she's doing a lot with it, I think. And she has massive potential because even in ring, like she's not terrible. She's just working quick matches. She has a couple cool looking moves. I think she's pretty believable in this character. So I think there's, there's a lot of potential in Tiffany Stratton. I'm happy to say. We then do get the Loomis-Duke Hudson match that wasn't next, and it's mostly brawling and basic stuff for the most part. Lots of rest holds so that we can get shots of the women talking trash to each other at ringside, right? Because Persia and Indy are both there. Commentary tell us that 
Loomis is feeling the love as he goes off on one of his flurries, ending with a spine buster, basically implying that he's motivated by in, uh, Indy Hartwell being there looking at him sort of thing. Um, the men battle to pull each other into the ring post as they're on the floor. The two women get involved in this tug of war. Both of the men end up running into the post, and it ends in a double countout. So it was kind of a nothing match, made even worse by a double countout finish. So it feels like, I guess, it's one of those, it's more about the angle than the match, but that's not usually my favorite. Um, so I thought something else, or sorry, I thought it was going to be about the angle after the match, but it just cuts away and there's nothing else. So it just kind of ended as a countout and we're gone. Immediately cuts away to Mackenzie talking to Raquel Gonzalez, I can still call her that, I guess, for a minute, and Dakota Kai. So it is Gon's Gonzalez and Kai, they are responding to Toxic Attraction from earlier tonight. They're not really worried, and they know that Toxic Attraction are scared, basically saying that they are the best again. So it's still no explanation of why these two are suddenly so okay with each other after having a bitter feud and breaking up and like attacking each other with shovels. They're just best friends again for, with no real explanation. I guess that won't last long, right, based on what we know now. But Kai attacked... Uh, Sorry, I was just saying that, yes, the shovel attack, but all is forgiven, I guess. Um, Imperium minus Eichner are backstage. Bartel seems to be mad about Eichner leaving, but Walter is not too worried about it. He thinks they need to take figure things out, and Walter is focused on Braun Breaker ahead of the title match. But before that, we get Toxic Attraction taken on Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, so Wendy Chu comes down at one point again, but this time Mandy Rose runs interference, runs her into the ring steps. The ref obviously gets distracted by this. Gonzalez's leg gets taken out as she's trying to go for the Chingona bomb. And then Toxic Attraction hit their double team finisher. That's the, I don't know, kind of like the total elimination or whatever their version is, I think it was. And they actually pin Raquel Gonzalez as she's on her way out to main roster anyways. And Toxic Attraction win the titles back as they just try and unravel everything they accomplished at Stand and Deliver, it feels like. To be honest, I did think this was a pretty good tag team match. You had a clear heel babyface dynamic that I like. I was surprised by the title change, and I, at that point I was wondering what it would lead to, but obviously Gonzalez is gone, and Dakota Kai is getting a title shot against Mandy Rose. I really think there's a chance Dakota Kai wins the title, by the way, which would be awesome. That would be, I, it's too late, though. Because she, like... she seems to have ditched this, the ridiculous character where she's talking to people and she's unhinged or whatever they were going for. She seems to have sort of ditched that, so... There were a couple rough spots in this match early on. Nothing major, though. I thought it had a good pace to it. The finish didn't really bother me, but the timing of it does. Um, and then I, at that time, I thought, unless they put it into a decent story, but it's not. It's just because Gonzalez is on her way out, so she took the pin there. Then we go back to Gacy and Harland. Gacy talks about chaos erupting and reaching out for your family. Lots of talk of family, family, foreshadowing the end of this show. And he says, when you can't control chaos, Chaos controls you. So now in just an absolutely horrible segment, like one that was so bad I almost wanted you to watch it because the crowd turns on this too, and you know the NXT crowd seems to support everything. Right. So it's AJ Gallant. Again, I don't know who this guy is, and I looked him up, and it still didn't really tell me much about him. So he tells us who he is. He wants us to look him up, which I tried to. He's nothing important, I don't think. He introduces Tony D'Angelo, who comes out in a suit. AJ says... There's a card on the table with Tony's blood that signifies he's ready to become the Dawn. When his blood hit the card, he entered the unbreakable oath, and if he breaks it, he'll leave on his back. 
His loyalty can never be questioned. AJ then puts a pinky ring on Tony and announces that he is now the new Dawn of NXT. Uh, the crowd hates this and chants boring, uh, and they're right. This was awful. I feel like this AJ Gallant guy got sort of lost in his promo at one point and forgot what he was supposed to do. And I don't understand. So if you're the Dawn, right, it's like you're the head of this giant crime organization and yeah, family. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But is Tony NXT a crime? And Tony D'Angelo's never with anybody, right? So who is he representing exactly? Yeah. The Dawn of weird. NXT? I don't know. It's, it's just they're leaning further into the Italian stereotype that I already hate. And I think they're trying to get over this new Dawn of NXT nickname for D'Angelo. So I thought this was terrible, terrible segment that even the crowd that loves everything on NXT turned on this segment, and I don't blame them. Uh, MSK are then talking to McKenzie before What's-His-Face Carter got released. So they appreciate being champs more this time around. The Creeds didn't take the pinfall in the triple threat, but now you've got Pretty Deadly here too. Walter interrupts with in a sling. And this ends up basically with, uh, sorry, Waller, not Walter, comes in with a sling because he's selling that injury from the elbow drop on the ladder that did look pretty crazy at Stand and Deliver. So all of a sudden we were getting, setting up a Waller-Sanga match. Um, I think it sounds like they were getting a title match when Waller is healthy, but now the belts have been stripped off of MSK, obviously, so we'll see where this goes. I thought it was fine, but it feels like a really sudden change of direction for Grayson Waller, who's now a tag team wrestler. With, uh... Like one of the classic, not like he's like an Omos guy, right? And I think maybe it's a good idea because I imagine San- they need to hide Sanga a little bit. Um, Isn't it kind of ironic that Waller was making fun of Styles for like the- losing Omos and the whole Omos thing, and now he's kind of in the same doing position. a similar thing? Yes. So being in a team might be a good thing for Sanga because I don't know how good of a worker he is at this point. But I guess this- yeah, we didn't really see much of him in a Veer as an no, indexer. Veer has arrived though. He has, actually, yeah. So I guess this match won't happen since Carter got fired, and we'll see what direction they go from there. So Dakota Kai is mad and destroying stuff backstage. She yells that Mandy Rose is not safe, and it seems like kayfabe Dakota Kai's mental health is just a mess at this point, but we can hope she gets better. Uh, so then we get the match I was trying to get you to watch with me, Nikita Lyons versus Last Legend. Um, it was under five minutes. It wasn't very good, but it wasn't absolutely terrible either. Uh, Lash got some time on offense. Some of her things look pretty bad, but some things she so showed some pretty clear athleticism as well. Uh, her selling and all of the other little things are still pretty weak, and she probably shouldn't be on TV at this point. Lions is okay. She hit her kicks and a superplex at one point, and then the tornado kick and the silly little splits leg drop thing that she does for the finish. Um, sadly, a pretty standard NXT match at this point. Nothing worth watching at all. Um, Lash Legend needs a lot of work, and Lions hasn't been super impressive either at this point. That so, is mean. So Tony D'Angelo and AJ, whatever his name is, Gallant, walk out, start talking about what to do. Is he someone from their system, or is he someone from the outside world? He's somebody from the outside world. Really? Um, what to do next for dinner. Legato is there. Santos Escobar congratulates Tony on becoming the Don. Escobar As says... if it means anything. Escobar says he's used to being a boss, a jefe and has some advice for Tony. Keep your business out of Legato's, and everything will be okay. So I think Legato, and specifically Escobar, might be turning babyface, and I'm kind of okay with it. How does that make sense? The crowd wants to cheer for Escobar lately, right? And who else do they have for babyfaces right now that are good in the singles? But how are they like... Just simply that... 
are you you're looking at it as if this company is going to actually write a story this was probably literally him turning babyface that's as creative as they get is him he had a conversation with the heel with the heel where right they, yeah. so instant babyface um <laughs> he deserves a push he's one of the most talented performers there so if a babyface turn is going to get him that push then i'm fine with it i thought escobar did a good job here they can heat him up pretty quickly um I'm not really sure about Mendoza and Wild though. They kind of seem like they're, it's hard because they just lose all the time, right? And they've been an afterthought for so long. Anyways, we get a promo from Kishida after a recap of Von Wagner ripping Jiro's jacket. He oh. says Von Wagner made a mistake when he attacked Jacket Time and destroyed Jiro's jacket. The jacket was a part of Jiro. And again, they remind us that it's his identity. But Kishida is not afraid of Wagner. Wagner's time is up. As he shouldn't be. And poor Kushida, right? His stock's fallen, and now he's just going to be fodder for what? my notes. For Von Wagner. My notes are the barely watchable Von Wagner. <laughs> I still hate him, and I haven't seen him in however long. Right. I still hate him with a passion. Main event time, Walter versus Braun Breaker. Compare this to the Dynamite main event, I dare you. Uh, yeah. like, this match was actually real. pretty good, I must say. Uh, Breaker sells an injured arm or injured shoulder. Walter targets it for a bit. Breaker spears Walter as he comes off the middle rope. They battle a little bit more. Breaker just picks up Walter and hits his press slam finisher for the win. So then it ends with Rick Steiner appears on the Tron, calls uh he the actually, most like random appearance ever. Yes, and he calls Braun Bronson, and we see that he's like Bronson Reich Steiner, <laughs> super cartoony. He's like got rope around him and he's in a cage as the camera pulls it's back. It's NXT. Come on, like. So Gacy and Harland are there, and obviously this is the reveal of why they were talking about family so much. Um, Gacy talks about teaching this old dog new tricks as the show ends. You mean dogface gremlins? <laughs> yes. Uh, I actually thought this was a pretty good TV main event, despite it was a pretty sudden finish. Uh, Could have been even better with a little bit of build or some kind of story involved, so that's kind of frustrating. Felt a little bit more like the Walter I love, because the mystique is kind of dripping away from Walter at this point. But this was a little bit of a reminder. But, I mean, having him lose clean in a match that had no build is not Against where Tom I would... Breaker to that finisher. Right. But, again, he's on to main roster, so I guess it makes sense in hindsight. Breaker showed yet again, like, he can hang with top talent. I do think he is a talented performer. Um, and I guess Gacy's now a kidnapper ahead of what seems like a, <laughs> a feud or at least an angle with Breaker, which I don't... Like, I think Gacy's fine in the ring, but he's not been presented like any sort of main event talent, right? So it seems like a when sudden... When his finisher's a handspring clothesline, yeah, it, not like... It seems like a sudden elevation for him, but I guess we'll see where it goes. Almost like if they made a main roster mid-carder run the show for like a month. It, it feels like he's a placeholder challenger, right? But uh... Not... I would say, like, below that, like, a weak placeholder challenger at that. So I'm wondering if Braun's going to have to deal with Harland first or how that's going to play out. But anyway. I feel like that might hurt Har Harland because I don't think, like, they want either to lose. But, of course, Breaker's the champion. So, like. So I had a, what was my plan for, oh, because I want the index thing to end so badly, I would like it to get to the point where Indy Hartwell breaks up with Dexter Loomis. He's heartbroken and, like. Because, you know, like, cult leaders generally target people who are unhappy and depressed and whatever. Like in a vulnerable state. Right. So, exactly. So that Gacy could target Loomis and Loomis could join and be like this silent monster tag team with Harland for a bit. And he could hide, if Harland is as green as I think he is, he could sort of hide Harland a bit. Because Loomis isn't. I'm not saying Loomis is uh, yeah, and then, but Brian then, like, Danielson, but he's not bad. How does Indy break up with uh, Loomis? And it doesn't have Don't to be care. logical, clearly, because why be smart right i just want it over so that's my fantasy booking of that 
Uh, overall, another standard episode of NXT, which is not really a good thing. We got a decent opener, but with a kind of a lame finish. A good women's tag team match, actually, despite the sort of hot potatoing of the titles, I guess. And a good main event. We got an ordinary Loomis-Hudson match that I didn't really enjoy, and a weak, pretty weak Lions-Lash-Legend match. Lots of Gacy and Harlan popping up in this show as we headed for their main event angle. We had a terrible Tony D'Angelo segment that even the NXT crowd turned on, and an Imperium split, and a strong Babyface Grimes segment. So a little bit better than the average NXT, actually, I would have to say. So I gave it a solid, quote-unquote, for NXT. It was a C this week, so... There was a bunch of things that didn't actually feel like a waste of time, but as always, there's a few things that are. Um, so they, the, the good usually gets overshadowed by the, bo- the bad for me. So a C show, which is higher than an average grade for NXT this week. And I think that's it, right? I believe so. You don't have any figuring it out this week? And... No, I was going to cover my stuff, but we kind of talked about it in the banter 90A. Uh, yeah, we did. So... Yeah, we did. So you can uh, check nope, out not that. Really anything there. And then any other wrestling business, we'll just consider that all the pay-per-view stuff we already talked about. So I think we're going to so wrap up. Most of the stuff that would be on the end, ironically, was the stuff we did first. Exactly. So we'll get back to our normal setup, I think, this week. So episode 91 will be coming out on Saturday. It should be back to I think it was 89, but like, was regular. it 89? Because I know we did another two-parter recently. We have. We've done a Was it 89? Few... It might yeah, have been. Yeah, I think so. So, I, I, yeah, it might have been a bit since we've done normal. So I think, I guess we'll be whole again next week for because right. i don't think we have any big plans it's easter weekend so i think we'll have the time if anything there's more time right. double long weekend right so we should be back on saturday episode 91 in our normal I order there might be battle of the belts i don't know if that's next week i want to say it is but I don't, it's either next weekend or next next weekend next battle of the belts too nice electric boogaloo so hopefully you all come and join us for that. We really do appreciate yep. any time you spend listening to us ramble on about wrestling. Hopefully the two parts and whatnot wasn't too confusing with this being a Monday also. Yes, so. hopefully you don't mind waiting till Monday to hear this. And we appreciate if you did listen at all. Any feedback you'd like to send us is always welcome. FNSWrestling at gmail.com or on Instagram at FNS underscore wrestling underscore podcast or leave a comment on YouTube or any other way you'd like. I promise you will get a reply. Always love to hear from anyone, whether it's positive, negative, just your own thoughts on the world of wrestling. Whatever you want to send us, I will send you a reply, I promise. But anyways, thanks for joining us. We hope to see you back here on Saturday for episode 91. And until then, take care.